Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to Underground USA. If we make the right choices, America's future will be even better than our past and better than our present. On the other hand, if we make improvident choices, the bright horizon will not materialize. Let me put it very plainly. If we Republicans choose Donald Trump as our nominee, the prospects for a safe and prosperous future are greatly diminished. Let me explain why I say that. First on the economy. If Donald Trump's plans were ever implemented, the country would sink into prolonged recession. A few examples. His proposed 35% tariff-like penalties would instigate a trade war, and that would raise prices for This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. You want to tell people that their concern and their desire for clean air and clean water is elitist? Tell that to the kids in the South Bronx, which are suffering from the highest rates of childhood asthma in the country. Tell that to the families in Flint, whose kids have their blood is ascending in in lead levels. Their brains are damaged for the rest of their lives. Call them elitist. People are dying. They are dying. And the response across the other side of the aisle is to introduce an amendment five minutes before a hearing and a markup. This is serious. This should not be a partisan issue. I don't think so. I don't think so. As the only leader in Washington, not from either New York or California, I consider it my responsibility to look out for middle America. This election is incredibly consequential for middle America. Today's Democrat Party doesn't want to improve life for middle America. They prefer that all of us in flyover country keep quiet and let them decide how we should live our lives. On January 6, 2022, marks one year since the attempted coup at our nation's capital. The January 6th insurrection made painfully clear that American democracy is seriously at risk. In November 2020, American citizens braved a deadly pandemic to cast their ballots. But following that election, the defeated president refused to commit to a peaceful transfer of power. Instead, he falsely sowed doubt about the legitimacy of the election and inflamed his most dangerous supporters to attack this capital. Be grossly generalistic. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. I'll put a and plan a place to deal with this pandemic responsibly, bringing the country together around testing, tracing, masking. Folks, 
We shouldn't be politicizing the race for vaccines. We should be planning for its safe use and free and equitable distribution, providing PPE for national standards for schools, businesses to open safely. I laid out a plan back in May how to do that. I've said it before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. It's no secret that we live in a very divided society. This divide, sadly, is by political design. The opportunistic political class has come to understand that utilizing the strategy of divide and conquer, accredited to Philip II of Macedonia and utilized early on by Julius Caesar, Napoleon, and others, allows for the cobbling together of demographics based on grievances so as to achieve that 51% threshold needed to acquire and maintain power. Put another way, it's beneficial to the political class when our society is divided because the masses, the people, are more easily, emotionally, and intellectually manipulated. A terminally divided and aggrieved population is the political opportunist's playground. You're listening to Underground USA. I'm your host, Frank Salvato. The political opportunist the special interest activist, the community organizer, is a weaver of emotional incitement, emotional discontent. His or her mission isn't to serve the people as an elected representative. Those are statesmen and stateswomen. It's to play off your emotions so that you're moved to champion the issue they're hawking at that moment. This is how they both herd you into targeted demographics necessary for your exploitation and also cleave you from your neighbor. Think about it. Rarely, very rarely, does a politician, ideological activist, or one-trick pony advocate ever take to the podium and talk about how much we all have in common. It's always about our differences, and never about our commonalities. And so it is that all the public pleas by these political charlatans about starting a conversation or a dialogue about the hard issues and problems facing our country, our states, our cities and towns, necessarily have to be a boatload of bullshit. It doesn't benefit them to solve the problems facing the electorate because they can't exploit those problems to their advantage by demagoguing their opponents. The rhetoric sounds good, but nothing ever comes of it because the elected class doesn't want solutions to be affected. To that point, political opportunists, again, who are not statesmen and women or public servants, but instead a grifting class that laughs at the very concept of public service, are the laziest and most selfish bottom feeders in the public sphere. Heck, journalists at least have to cobble together arguments to support their points. Political opportunists and organizers simply have to prey on the people's emotions. Let's take the sorriest excuse for a mayor in mayoral history, and that's a pretty high bar, given Bill de Blasio was elected as mayor of New York. 
Chicago's Lori Lightfoot, disliked and perhaps even loathed by many in circles within her own political party, talks a great game about battling crime on the mean streets of Chicago, but she's done nothing to combat that crime. In fact, it's gotten worse during her tenure. A tenure that saw her knee-jerk supporting Black Lives Matter and ordering the police to retreat in the face of Antifa-backed riots, destruction, and looting, all of which sent the lawless dregs of the earth into the streets armed to the teeth. As I've said before, on occasion, I listen to the Chicago Police Department's citywide ban on a scanner app called Broadcastify. You can find that at Broadcastify.com. I tune in after midnight and the never-ending transmissions announcing shots fired and multiple rounds fired are appalling. It's constant with battery, assault, and robbery calls as well as anything you can think of peppered throughout. It goes on all night. When Lightfoot came to office in 2019 and the promise of addressing crime and making the city safe for all of its diversity... Chicago experienced 492 murders, 15,296 aggravated assaults, and this includes non-lethal shootings, and 1,761 rapes, totaling 25,532 violent crime reports. And that's just violent crime. Each of these numbers increased dramatically in just three years. In 2022, and these projections are conservative, and based on FBI database calculations. In 2002, Chicago will see and most likely exceed 666 murders. Wild number to come up with. 17,048 aggravated assaults, and this also again includes non-lethal shootings, 2,882 rapes, and a projected total, and remember, this is a low-ball figure, of 28,223 violent crime reports. So what has political opportunist and activist Lori Lightfoot done since taking office? Well, she embraced the false narrative Black Lives Matter movement and championed the Defund the Police movement, which emboldened the over 59 active street and drug gangs within the city to have at it. Lightfoot was too busy reigning over the financial destruction of the city, including the demolition of Michigan Avenue's Magnificent Mile, which used to house all of the ultra-high-end stores. Today, this prime retail real estate has empty storefronts because it's not only too dangerous for shoppers to go to the stores, but because the retailers face an existence where the city's government does nothing about flash mob looting and the blatant violent crime on the streets just outside the doors. Meanwhile, Lightfoot lies about the health of the economy in the city and pivots to social issues almost exclusively championing the most radical of LGBTQ plus agendas. Lightfoot's plea for dialogue and conversation starts with her being correct and anyone with a viewpoint other than hers being wrong. She is typical of the fascists of today's left, an arrogant, ignorant, intolerant, opportunistic bully who never should have been elected to any public office. The dialogue and conversation the disingenuous political class rattles on about, and this cancer exists on both sides of the aisle, not just the left, 
The right is just as guilty, although the predominance of this grifting exists on the left. These dialogues and conversations cannot be executed from the ends, from the edges. Any productive dialogue or conversation, regardless of the issue, has to start with establishing the commonalities between those having the dialogues or conversations. Call it having skin in the game, call it addressing differences from a common position, call it whatever you like, but discussing differences with someone you have something in common with begins discussions from a point of agreement, not a point of division. It's from this position of agreement that solutions can evolve because common goals can be agreed upon, goals that actually provide the solutions politicians don't want to achieve. If a person who believes the gun is the problem sits down with someone who believes the criminal is the problem, they can establish the commonly held belief that the shootings that plague their neighborhood are both unwelcome and also committed by people who don't follow the law. This provides a much better starting point for a discussion, a position of agreement, not one that debates the validity of the Second Amendment. We can't trust the political class to have these conversations because they benefit from the chaos. These discussions, these conversations and dialogues, have to happen amongst the people, and they must start from a vantage point of commonality, a position where we all have skin in the game and where our general goals are the same. Out of these discussions emerge the statesmen and stateswomen, the leaders who actually deserve to be elected to office, for they too have skin in the game. They're part and parcel of that common ground we all share. The United States Congress in 1782, which seated many of the framers and founders in its body, adopted the phrase e pluribus unum as our national motto, out of many, one. Many believe they acknowledge this motto to acknowledge that our country exists as a nation of immigrants who have come together to create a new and unique national identity. It's a valid point, but not the only reason they adopted the motto. The framers knew that solutions emanating from a common ground consensus, a consensus created in identifying our commonalities and compromising on our differences, would make our nation cohesive and symbiotic for all. They knew that to achieve a greater good, or a common good, our path forward needed to be built on common ground. It was a brilliant plan, and it worked brilliantly until the cancer of political factions infested our nation's governmental system. Washington, in his farewell address, warned us of this cancer and pleaded with us to stay on common ground, to embrace e pluribus unum. Let me now take a more comprehensive view and warn you in the most solemn manner against the baneful effects of the spirit of party generally. The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual, and sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. 
If we're to reascend to the responsibility of maintaining our republic, which is in dire need of championing at the moment, then we must get off our asses and take up the mantle of we the people. Otherwise, the rodents of the opportunistic political class, both nationally and internationally, and I want you to think World Economic Forum, will redefine freedom to mean oppression, and we will be forced to swallow it as they serve it. When I come back, a guest shot interview on Armed American Radio as broadcast coast to coast on the Salem Radio Network, in which I address some of these points. You're listening to Underground USA. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Many claim race is the most important issue we face in America. Yet race is not what defines most Americans. I see myself as a confident, strong, beautiful young girl. I want to actually be the first girl on the moon. How do I see myself? I see myself as an entertainer. I like to dance, sing, and act. Sometimes I see myself as a little kid. Sometimes I see myself as a teenager. It's kind of hard to tell when you're 10. I see myself as strong. And I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. I see myself as a book. A book that you can't skip to the end and figure out what happens. A book that you have to sit and go through the pages and figure out what happens next. I think there's so many things that uh, define us, and we shouldn't define ourselves by one or two things. There will be are a whole lot of things, a collection of many things. Please join us if you want to live in an America where you are defined by who you are, not by the color of your skin. This message was paid for by Color Us United, an educational nonprofit advocacy group seeking to heal the divide in America. To learn more, log on to colorusunited.org. The following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. God bless America. It's not Mark. It's the Captain Matt Bruce sitting in today. And we want to thank Mark for allowing us to sit here behind the gray microphone that I have. We changed the color today of <laughs> the Crossbreed Holsters mic from gold to gray because that's what I have. And we moved the studio, the gunbroker.com studio from Georgia to Tampa, Florida, where the weather is much nicer, I'm sure. You know, there's a guest in the radio business that everybody likes to have because they're dependable and you talk to them and you strike up a relationship. You find some things that are very similar about you. I told you that I was a retired fire rescue captain whose last official duty was in New York City with the World Trade Center where I got hurt. Now I've got a good friend I want to introduce from Chicago who was also a professional firefighter. And uh, that's how we kind of struck a note here. He's been with me for 20 years on my show. I heard him on the Bill O'Reilly uh, O'Reilly Factor, and I said, man, i got to get this guy on my radio show. And here he is, Frank Silvato from the UndergroundUSA.com website. And hello, Frank. Mr. Captain, good to talk to you again. Second time today. 
Well, yeah, and within 24 hours, it'll be three. <laughs> well, sort of. Yeah. But, but anyway, because well, this will be heard over and over again for a while. Now, listen, Frank, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to get into why you and I are talking. I was a firefighter, a professional firefighter outside of Chicago for uh, for well over a decade. Uh, moved on into uh, a family type of thing in politics. And politics in Chicago is a rough and tumble type of thing. So I got a lot of uh, got a lot of experience about how the back rooms and the smoke kind of function. Uh, started a website called uh, The Rant, which morphed into the New Media Journal, which you and I talked on many, many years. Yep. And because uh, Google and Facebook decided that uh, what we were doing was too truthful, they marginalized us. I think I was one of the first sites to get canceled, really. Mm-hmm. And I, I resurrected that into Underground USA, but you can find us at undergroundusa.com. And we pretty much cover all the things. We research it. We look at the facts of the matter. It's kind of raw when it comes to speaking the truth. It's what you would get canceled for and blackballed for on social media. So if you like that kind of talk, check us out. But it's honest, Frank. Honest. No, you, you know what? You don't need to make things up to be sensational in the world today. If you're just speaking the truth, the world is just bizarre enough to be uh, disturbingly entertaining. You can't make up the headlines. You just can't. You, you would Hillary Clinton saying we, we should worry about disinformation. Really? That's the kind of thing that is, you've got, you've got to be kidding me. You know, you would think it was from the Babylon Bee, but it's not. Uh, that's how bold these redefiners are. Uh, in the political sphere today, and it's actually it's it's turning into a global issue that uh, we all have to be well cognizant of. You can't know what's going on if you don't do the research and look at the facts. If you listen to the media, you don't know what's going on. Now, the reason I brought you on today was because of your connection to Chicago and politics, because the people listening to us in places like Boston, Providence, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., uh, go over to uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Albuquerque, New Mexico. By the way, uh, also Phoenix, Arizona, to a certain extent. They are learning from the where they got it from to begin with, which was the old cronies, Richard Daly and Company in Chicago, and it carries on the tradition today. I mean, everything is run by that one group. Well, yeah. If you're if you're not a, in the Democrat machine in Chicago, you you're an outsider looking in. And it doesn't matter how bizarre the machine cogs get in the in Chicago politics. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. Uh, that's why there are so many good people who happen to be libertarian and Republican in Cook County in in Illinois, which is where Chicago is located. But yep. they don't have a chance in hell of winning because they're not inside the machine. That's why you've got people like Lori Lightfoot rising up through the ranks. And, and people who are infinitely smarter and more capable of doing government on the outside. Now, the reason that things are working in places like Florida and Georgia and Texas, the Deep South, bringing it up towards Tennessee, coming up a little further every now and then, Ohio's like an on-again, off-again deal, so is Indiana. Uh, they're starting to make some inroads in New York, they're starting to make some inroads in Pennsylvania. Uh, the reason why this is going on, as well as some places out west, is because people finally took a page from the Democrats, and they are going out there and putting their feet on the pavement. They're knocking on doors. They're up on the Internet. They're on radio and television programs. They're out there. They're fighting back, and they're getting their message out there, and they're getting heard now. Yeah, Democrats for a very long time had a uh, cornered the market on community activism. 
they had classes. They were training people um, to to go out and and be activists for special interest items. No, the right wasn't doing that primarily because people who tend to be conservative and and even libertarian um, they go to work. They have jobs. They're 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 engaging with their with their children and their families and their and their neighbors regularly on in, on social things. You know, they get together with people. They know who their neighbors are. So they weren't cause oriented unless something really was bad because they were living life. They were working hard and they were enjoying their life. The terminally aggrieved left. Nothing is good enough for them. They always have to find a protest to validate their existence. Mm-hmm. They were they were just mired with community activism. Remember, that's where Barack Obama came. He was a community organizer. Right. Now, I'm going to give everybody a little suggestion in community organizing right now. If you haven't been to a gun show in your area lately, you need to get out and take a look and listen to what's being said. Because uh, I'll give you an example. I represent a small gun show here in my area called Two Guys Gun Show. April 30th, I'll be in Brooksville. May the 7th, I'll be in Largo. May the 14th, I'll be in Sarasota. Uh, May the 28th, I'll be in Port Charlotte. They've expanded their horizons. They're going to be going out to places like Plant City, Fort Myers, and down to Naples, which is all good. But these people, when you get out there, ladies and gentlemen, you'll meet like-minded people. You'll see and you'll hear from people. And guess who you'll run into, Frank? Well, I know I'd run into you. No, Democrats, Democrats that believe in law-abiding citizens carrying guns. And they they say to you, they come right up to you and say, I've heard you on the radio, and I don't agree with a lot of things you say, but I agree with having a gun. That's my Second Amendment right, and I'm a Democrat, and I'm not going to support these fools that want to do this. I'm telling you, I hear it every day. Well, that's because American people have more in common than we have in difference. It's only the extremist loud voices that keep telling us that we are so divided we can't come together. Every family, and and let's take Chicago, for example. Mm -hmm. Every family on the south side of Chicago wants to make sure that their streets are safe, that their kids have good schools, that they leave their kids in a world that's better than the one they grew up in. And I don't know anybody from the south side of Chicago to the western suburbs people from New York to Los Angeles, from Florida to Texas, who don't want the same thing. If we were moved to focus on the things that we have in common instead of indifference, none of these extremists will be getting away with what they're getting away with as far as being able to divide us. We have to refocus how we look at society. We're e pluribus unum. We we should celebrate our differences, but embrace our commonality. And that's what's missing today. We're not acknowledging what we have in common with our neighbor. We're only looking to see what's different. And that's because it's being stuffed down our throats by special interest activists, community organizers, and the mainstream media. Okay, Frank, I hear the music coming up, so hold on. Uh, We'll be right back with Frank for one more segment. I am the Captain Matt Bruce, uh, guest hosting today for Mark. I come from the Captain's America Third Watch. You can find out more about me by going to the CaptainsAmericaThirdWatch.com. And again, it's all about America. We are Americans first. He calls democracy messy, props up the Chinese Communist Party, praises Xi and his regime, known for violent oppression, invests in Chinese military companies. A defector? No. It's BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, the CEO of a major American company who's gone all in on China. Can he be more anti-American? 
Larry Fink, BlackRock. Taking your money, betting on China. Message paid for by Consumers Research, an independent educational 501c3 nonprofit organization. Log on to www.consumerresearch.org to learn more. My good friend Frank Silvato, who's been with me for going on 20 years, undergroundusa.com, is right here with me right now. And thanks a lot, Frank, for calling in today. Absolutely. Anytime and always. Now, I want to address the people because we have a lot of like-minded people listening to us right now, not just about guns, but about America and about the freedoms of America, about our First Amendment rights, about our Second Amendment rights and how we're being trampled on all the time. Well, as you know, I get out there and I don't care who it is I'm talking to. I've talked to politicians eyeball to eyeball, face to face. They may not like what I'm saying, but I say just give me the common courtesy to be able to tell you what I'm hearing on my radio show so that you know what my listeners are telling me. And I will listen to whatever you have to say. And by the way, you're welcome to come on my show any time you want. You'd be surprised at some of the responses I get by people you thought were one way or the other way. They're going, oh, no, oh, no, I agree, I agree. But they won't say it uh, live and in living color. No, it's a societal thing. We live in a society where everybody wants to be liked. You know, you got to have the like on Facebook in order to be in order to be anybody today. So actually sitting down and having a conversation with somebody that is – uh, that has the opportunity to for both of you to have opposing viewpoints doesn't usually happen. We've been compartmentalized. There are certain phrases that are good. There are certain phrases that are bad. There are certain politics that are accepted. And there's certain beliefs that are not. And that's all dictated by the people who have socially engineered our society. I mean, when you, when you hear about shootings in Chicago, you know, it's always quote-unquote, gun crime, even though guns are inanimate objects. Human Mm -hmm. beings own the trigger pull, not the gun. So when you've got murders going up almost 20% in an administration, when you've got aggravated assaults approaching 20,000 per year in, in a city like Chicago, it's the society that has allowed that to happen because the politicians have manipulated meanings of words, meanings of phrases. They have created what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And their sycophantic media partners shove that message down our throat until we hear nothing else. You know, so having that discussion with somebody who thinks not like you is so incredibly important. And this goes back to what we were talking about in the first segment. If you focus on what you have in common, it is easier to talk about the things that you don't have in common because now you're coming from a common ground. That's what the politicians don't want you to do because they can't divide you into factions and total up the different factions to see who gets 51% of the vote. Yep. Now, I had the opportunity this year, CPAC was over in Orlando, and I had the opportunity to go over there and uh, sit there with our Salem friends. Uh, uh, My sister station in Orlando was over there, and they allowed me the privilege to be able to come into their booth and be able to record some people and uh, have people walk up to us and then, uh, you know, just hang out. Uh, I had my affiliate from Denver that was sitting right beside me, and it was quite a quite an honor to be able to broadcast back to Denver being interviewed by the uh, broadcaster that was there. But we, we had everybody. I mean, we had everybody, all the politicians, all the mucky mucks come walking up to us. Rick Scott came walking up to me, and 
he was going to blow me out to begin with. And I says, hey, Rick, how about that Navy hat? You ever going to get rid of that? And he turned around and looked at me and <laughs> says, are you kidding me? I've had this hat ever since I was in the Navy. It's not going anywhere. I says, good. You see what I'm wearing? He goes, yeah, you guys jumped out of airplanes, but you couldn't land in our ships. I said, want to bet? Yeah, so I started. never had to land on him. So I, so I had a little conversation with him for about five minutes. So he didn't expect down. But the guy who really struck me the most, uh, who's one of the sponsors to, uh, of Mark's program, uh, Mike Lindell, my pillow. My compadre that was with me that day was uh, Bill Bunkley, who's our Christian broadcaster over on the Christian stations. And he walked out of the house and forgot that he had his high pillow slippers on. <laughs> and he he walked up to my, Mike Lindell with the my pillow slippers. And the first thing that Mike Lindell said, he looked down at his feet. He says, oh, you like those slippers, huh? <laughs> it was so funny. And he, we had a great conversation with Mike Lindell while we were there. Well, he, he's a he's a guy who's engaged. He's also yep. a guy you can talk to. Yep. So you know when we're when we're talking about uh, having conversation, honest conversations, not not conversations like like the uh, the puppet masters of the left like to have, where you listen and they talk. Yep. But honest honest conversations. Uh, he's one of the guys that does that, and we need more of that. We need yep. more of the of 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 honest conversations that use truth and fact instead of emotion when it comes to government, especially because government run on emotion is, it doesn't serve the people at all. It, it goes against everything that John Adams said when he said, we're a nation of laws, not of men. When you become a nation of, of men instead of laws, emotion rules. And that's when you get wokeism and the touchy feely stuff. And people like Randy Weingarten from the, from the, the, teachers unions get to say oh parental rights the the bill they passed in florida that's the kind of stuff that starts wars Mm. ridiculous comments like that that prey on people's emotions that manipulates them into voting certain ways you know we can't have that Mm. we have to rely on fact truth and honesty and sadly that's a commodity today yep and with that frank we'll end our segment with you you got 30 seconds to tell us all about who you are and how to get a hold of you well, I'm a crotchety old man. Go to undergroundusa.com. Um, we cover the stuff using facts and research that uh, that you'd probably get kicked off Facebook for. So if you want raw honesty like that, backed up by facts and figures and links, come on over to undergroundusa.com and give us a shot. And every Monday and Friday in hour number four, you are on my program. Absolutely. Uh, getting a little over 20 years now. I think we're over 20 years now. Yep. We're working on 21, my friend. Okay. God bless you. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Stay low, my friend. The political opportunists and their lackeys in the media have drilled the idea that discussing politics and religion in polite society is, well, impolite. But that's a bald face and dangerous lie. We must discuss at least politics amongst ourselves so we can identify our common ground, the common ground on which both solutions and future leaders are born. If we continue to follow the advice of those who have succeeded in making us feel alone in our political and religious thoughts... If we continue to allow the dividers to run roughshod over the nation and the world, we are doomed, and it will be our own fault. The choice is clear. Do you want to live in Orwell's 1984? 
together. You want to exist as a free people. Your ballot makes the decision. Please like the episode on the platform you're listening to us on, leave a comment if it lets you, and share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our Substack, which comes directly to you, subverting the interference of the internet gatekeepers and social media censors. This is going to be increasingly important moving forward given the world's trajectory. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 